Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. Uh, first of all, before I uh, continue, I just want to apologize also for last week because, I mean, as I said, I was not feeling in the best of health. But, I mean, hopefully things go away smooth. I mean, I'm feeling better as well, so just hope things now run smoothly in today's edition. Um, I mean, I was morning. My coach as usual is Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal take on AC Milan. You know, with, uh, a tough test on paper. We're looking at you know, how AC Milan were the league champions of Italy last season and you know kind of trying to find their way to chase Napoli. Yeah. Um so on to the uh, last match for Arsenal in the Dubai Super Cup. Um as we you know took on the mighty Milan, uh, I was surprised to see so many of the first teamers play because I mean uh Rebic got to play uh, that guy that's it's one of the up and coming stars for, for Belgium, I think that's Salamarcus. He, I mean, I was, I actually thought he was at the World Cup with Belgium, but I mean, he's already like uh, in the Milan setup again. He was uh, in, uh, Tonali was in, Tomori was playing, and Gabi and Kalulu. And I mean, with with us, we went in with Hein, White, Holding, Gabriel, Tierney, Odegaard, Lakonga, Party, and then up front was Vieira, Nketiah, and Nelson. Yeah, pretty, pretty the strongest team we could possibly um, put out at the moment, you know, with everybody being at the World Cup and that. But, you know, it was going to be a good test for Arsenal coming up against AC Milan side, which he didn't really hold back with their team. Yeah, and I mean, like from the get-go, I mean, uh, you could see Milan also certainly not a, a Olympic Lyon because, I mean, the Italians looked sharper. They went hard in on the tackle. I mean, at, at times it did... You know, go to the, even the brink of, of uh, yellow, or as some commentators would say, uh, deep orange. Because I recall there was a, at one point in the game a, a moment where Odegaard ended up laying the ball off and he got was that totally clattered from behind. And he ended up actually shouting at the um, the Milan coach, look, this is just a friendly. Because, like, I mean, they were only coming with bone-crunching tackles at the time Milan, the way they were going in. But that being said, yeah, both teams were also testing each other from distance. I think almost like just feeding each other out in the first few minutes, especially with Origi at one point also eating a bar in the 11th minute. Yeah, they've got a good shot, but you know, Origi just, I don't know, he's a type of striker, he's a weird type of striker because some days he's off, some days he's on, but I mean, you know, I wouldn't have expected a shot like that to come from him. But I think it's also coming now to, uh, <laughs> we also make a, a, like I say, cause for his case, because I mean, if you think by the time, uh, Liao and Giroud come back from international duty. I mean, he's going to have to probably play second fiddle because I mean that, that the regular front line of, of Milan is uh, Liao, Giroud, and then Salamakis on the uh, right flank. Yeah, and, and I think Origi. I mean, I've I've watched a few of AC Milan's games, you know, yeah. even leading up to the World Cup, and you know, Origi just doesn't seem to be doing the business for Milan. Like, I mean, he's got one goal so far this season, but I mean. You know, it's it's not good enough. Yeah, then second minute, uh, a player who was worrying me most of the match was uh, Yassin Adli, that they, I think they brought him from East, uh, PSG. Uh, I think we was a once upon a time linked to him. And I mean, he was giving, you know, Tierney a real part of time on that flank. Yeah, I know. Um, I was going to ask, is, 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 oh, I may have missed it, but Zinchenko, is he injured still or is he just, or what's happening with Zinchenko? I don't know they, they from they what they said last week. I think he's still having some issues, almost like like Tommy Asu had, with kind of lingering, uh, coughing. But they said like he should be fit for the that 
um, West Ham game, but they also said he could even play a part now in this uh, game, not uh, this evening. You know, still talk about the Juventus game. Yeah, okay, that's good. I mean, but yeah, Tierney, you know, no, he hasn't seemed to be eating that stride that of, of, of last season, even the season before. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, and I, I fully get what you said because, as I said, that, look, you say that the little trademark drag back and then you burst past the, the you know, the, the fullback, the opposing fullback. Uh, something I'm like, you see something Mbappe do when he does that, that when, you know, he turns on his turbos. And that is not like something that he's like, so I don't know if he's like very cautious about doing something like that is to not aggravate anything because I think it's, it's always like a big, a big question mark on his uh, fitness at the moment also. I think that's what uh, we don't see him almost like playing his all here. Yeah, let's just hope we can, you know, get both him and Zinchenko's injury woes behind us. Then uh, 14th minute, we land right back, uh, Pobika. I mean, his name is so weird to pronounce. He was, you know, getting the freedom to push forward. And, I mean, he also saw one with shots getting blocked. But, I mean, Arsenal already so in tuned with, like, not only the preseason, but Arteta's tactics where even when you, any of them, the front three or the attacking wing-backs were getting forward, Arsenal were trying to just swarm and smother them. What I like of what I've seen in the past two games, it's always like Arsenal picked up where they left off. You know, they don't really look too disjointed. You know, coming back, they don't look all over the place. It's like they just... Carry on with their left off. Yeah, yeah. And look, 21st minute, uh, Eden Ketia gets hauled down in front of the, the uh, Milan box. It's about 20, yeah, about 20, 25 yards out. And I mean, Odegaard ends up stepping up. And I mean, he takes a free kick. I mean, I've, I was telling my son, even the, the way he gets not only spin on the ball, but the ball is more like a flat trajectory. And I mean, he leaves the goalkeeper completely, you know, flat footed and also go one up. Yeah, I know. Good free kick. It just shows, you know, we, we, we the interest all over the park these days. I mean, the first game, I know we scored a, a good corner against Leon. Yeah. You know, now we're scoring from a tenfold situation. It's like this Arsenal team can find a way to score from all angles. And I think what, what just something to hop onto what you said now, like a few seconds before, you can actually see Arsenal look more, like urgency is way more there to score the goals in the first half already. Yeah. So it's something that we hope we can carry over that in the Premier League. I mean, we always flat to kind of deceive to do it in the Premier League and get only like one goal. Yeah, because I mean, like, look, 41st minute, Vieira on an, uh, you know, Arsenal fast counter attack, he in, ends up immediately playing in Nelson. And I think normally our players, when they're getting close to the box, they kind of fool around with the ball a bit too much to our liking. But I mean, this time around, by the time Vieira sees. The players on the overlap, like ahead of him, he ends up just playing the ball straight into Nelson, who checks inside and then blasts the ball past the keeper with a slight deflection. But it's 2 0 Arsenal. Yeah, you know, Vieira did very well there. I mean, the, 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 I don't know if you saw that. I said the Romanian keeper of AC Milan, like he put his arms out almost like, how could he have stopped that? But I mean, that was a poor ball in to Was it guy that you said they signed from PSG? Oh, I. Yeah, and then, you know, Vieira just picked him up quite nicely. And I think, you know, Vieira is slowly but surely growing into his into his role at Arsenal. Yes, because, I mean, I can say, I mean, to our listeners as well, I mean, you've always been a bit critical of him, like, you know, if, if he veers slightly off in performances. Mm-hmm. And that. 
So, uh, yeah, we move on to the second half. Uh, ben White and Thomas Party came off. I think that's more just to protect your legs. Cedric and Neil did coming on. Then, I mean, to be honest, the, the second half was also more uh, a sort of sparring session where Arsenal were just holding Milan at bay. And, I mean, but uh, this is also what I want to add. Like, you know, tests like this I like because it's not just one-way traffic sort of match. I mean, it also shows... You know, we have to, you know, really work our socks off to get the result or, or get something out of the game. Because I think these games, when you sometimes just steamroller your opponents, you're not really learning anything of the team that you, you know, currently have. Because yeah. once the, the Premier League's get, get, uh, Premier League gets back into action, you're not going to have these sort of games where you're just going to, you know, walk over teams. You're going to have games where you're going to have to grind, especially away from home. Yeah, I know it's... Uh, yeah, winning a I'm not saying winning a Premier League, but you know, even a top four race in the in the in the English league, like you said, it's not about you're not gonna do it every game three, four and all. And I think sometimes as Arsenal fans, you know, when we, we're playing well and we just team roll in the team five nil and then you go two nil and then suddenly you play a one nil game away from home, maybe against a nineteenth place team on the log and you ask questions of the team like, you know, how can they play so bad and how can they only win one nil? But you know, it's a bit of a give and take, especially this English Premier League. Yeah. Uh, then from the eighth minute tomorrow, they ends up getting a consolation goal from Milan. And I mean, I've, okay, that was a bit disappointing because, uh, you know, because I thought you could now see out another uh, clean sheet. But I mean, enough to see the game through. And then by the time we got to the next phase of this match was the penalty shootout. Arsenal saw the game out going 4-3 winners and officially then win the Dubai Super Cup. Did Liverpool lose their penalty shootout? No, they won, but I saw the table this morning also. I mean, Arsenal's, everything was superior to everybody else's. Oh, okay, okay. See, Liverpool, what did they do in their first game? Did they win their first game or did oh, they... beat them 3-1. Oh, okay. okay. And then they beat Milan, I think, what was it, 3 or 4-1. Okay. The shootout, they also saw them off in that, so, yeah. So we all, you know, get up for a little bit of uh, Mickey Mouse all the way, but I mean, we're not going to complain either. Uh, <laughs> move on to this evening's match, um, Arsenal versus Juventus at the Emirates Stadium. Um, what I find strange, though, I mean, with regards to Juventus now, going to this match, um, they had not, they didn't have any friendlies leading up to this game now this evening. Um, the last competitive match was November thirteenth. I mean, they've, they, of course, they did now have now two or three weeks of. Uh, training camp at uh, warm the training camps, but I mean they there's not like going to be a team also like just really slapped together right now. Um, the Italians also have also quite a few absent for this evening's game with World Cup participants already out, and then of course injuries now to Benucci, Tiscaglio, Ake, Chiesa, and uh, Kyle George, and then I think also Allegri mentioned that Pogba is also not pulled out of the firing completely. I mean even though he is match fit in that. But he's pulled out completely out of the squad, just for safety's sake. Because I think with the season also just starting after Christmas, like the Premier League, and then I forgot there was another player. I can't get to the name now, but one of the other players also totally pulled out. That is, oh, it could be the uh, Kostic. I think he's pulled out also completely. So I mean, they all, but I mean, they do have like a 22-man squad, and I mean, there are some key names also that will be not taking part. Because I mean, even Moisky and that's all is also going to be in the front line. Yeah, it seems like uh, you know Arsenal should should, should push his home that advantage against Juventus. Yep. I mean, it, it's going to be a good test as well for us. I think and a, a good confidence booster. You know, beating 
if we can get the result against Juventus, and then we still beat AC Milan as well on top of it. So you know, I just hope we can you can carry on this momentum. Because I mean, uh, it should be like as you said now, you know, a real mental boost. You know, just getting or seeing off even the likes of Lyon. Even okay, they weren't now really that prepared, but. I think with, with us, even if you take the US tour also into consideration, that, that gave us a hell of a springboard for that Premier League season itself, starting in August. And then you, you take now this coming now into that, that West Ham game also, having a sort of springboard like this mentally. I mean, these players should be, you know, really on point, as you would all say. Because if you think, look at United at the training camp in Spain against Cadiz, and they played also Betis, and I mean, they lost both. And I mean, from what I saw in the first two games, they went in really strong in both games, and to be seen off like that, and then almost like really struggle to the end. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to know what the uh, state of the, the morale in their squad is like. I mean, of course, we totally Arsenal, yes, but some of you also have, you know, it's like to look over your shoulder to see what the opponents and the rivals are doing. Yeah, no, I, I think, I don't know, United uh, are in a very bad shape. I think the Ronaldo thing just opened up almost, mm. you know, more of that Pandora's box. And I think, you know, they, they the more they lose confidence in morale, the better for us, you know, kind of, hopefully we can stretch that gap on the top four. And I mean, we, we're also playing them really soon as well. So it's all little, little mini battles you need to try to look out for. Yeah. And I mean, as, like, as for us, um, the squad is also just getting now, you know, near full capacity now. The likes of Turner and Jaka probably going to be involved in in today's match, um, and I think people like Ramsdale and Saka probably will be in attendance in the stadium, but not to really take part in the match itself. So I'm also hoping to see. I'm mean, look at everything has also kind of gone quiet with Emil Smith Rowe. So I mean, it does concern me somewhat because I mean, I actually would like or would like him to actually be part or some part of this match this evening because. I think he also need that sort of, you know, minutes behind his name to, you know, vie for a spot also in the the, the, the full squad come match day on, on Boxing Day. Yeah, we, we, we're creeping up there really slowly but surely, eh? Like, it, it, felt, <laughs> uh, it, felt, it felt like the World Cup just started and now we, we really, it's the penultimate fixture tonight and then, you know, tomorrow we go for the finals. Yeah, and I mean, with regards to the league form, or the league, not only form, but the, the sort of matches, I think also what, what's going to be concerning for some teams, also those teams that are in the in the EFL Cup, because uh, their next matches the 21st of December, all those that qualified for the, uh, for the, what was, I don't think it's quarterfinal stage right now of the, of the league. No, no, I think it's just the one just before the quarterfinals, I think. I think it's the fourth round. Yeah, so I mean, I think on on, on Wednesday, I think it's one batch, and I'm not sure if it's the day after. Also, another batch of fixtures. So, I mean, I think it could be also almost like what I would say, unwanted distraction for some teams. Yeah, I know. I'm sure the likes of City and Liverpool, you know, know, not play each other if they could avoid it. That was like what Thursday evening that match? Thursday, 22nd December, Man City, Liverpool. So that should be almost like us, even though, okay, yes, we are the tournament already, but to sit back and see what damage they actually do physically to each other in that match. Yeah, I know. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, maybe, not that I wish any injuries on anyone, maybe, you know, the the, the fatigue could kick in and, you know, players being forced back 
you know, it's going to be an interesting prospect to see yeah. what happens. You know, they're probably going to could be also exhausted for their first game coming up. And I mean, I'm just looking also at the the, the, the Boxing Day, the Monday fixture on the 26th of December. Uh, I mean, look, Tottenham are way to Brentford. And I mean, if Brentford come again with that sort of form that they ended with the first part of the season, it could be, you know, tough on them. Then um, Aston Villa have uh, Liverpool. And I mean, you don't know what, how much that, that fixture on the Thursday evening takes out of Liverpool. And I mean, Emery yeah. is well on the rise really right now. So that, that makes me interesting watching now. No, it's definitely going to be interesting watching. I think I'm going to, you know, probably have my one eye on that game and then leading up to to, to the pictures of Boxing Day, I'm excited yeah. just to have the Premier League back. Yeah, me too. So we're going to go into almost like the final part of the, the podcast now, um, the talking point section. Um, of, of course, I'm sure most of you listeners also heard that we are linked to Mudrik of, of Shakhtar Donetsk. The people already have been in London to visit West Ham, were also interested in the player as well as Arsenal. So, I mean, you know, fingers crossed that, you know, Edu and them can get things over the line. Because, I mean, you know, even having him, okay, just say we're not going to say replace Jesus. Then, I mean, at least it pushes Martinelli to... Maybe, you know, head up the, the, the front line for Arsenal. As I said, look, we're not that understand sure of Nketiah, you know, you know, really taking that sort of pressure and the weight load of being a, a front line striker. So, I mean, it's good to have in that sort of options. Or we can just go full into the sort of way of playing without the forward. And just like most of the teams are playing at the World Cup with more of a false nine than an actual centre forward. Yeah, I know. It's going to have to be something like that, I think. I just don't have faith in Eddie at the moment. You know, really um, leading the line and taking us basically, you know, for seven or eight games straight. I think it might need to be a combination of what you're saying. You know, you you bring in a guy like Mudrik and then you kind of um, have him to play with Martinelli and, and Saka as your false nine. But then also have Ketia some games to kind of, or Martinelli to lead the line, whatever. But I think I think you can't. We can't just rely solely on Eddie to get us through seven games, crucial games. That be it, I mean, I think why I, I'm also so like you know a big fan of Mudrik in that when you watch him in the Champions League, also I mean that guy's speed, the way he, not only his, his turn of speed, but just you know the sort of raw pace we we have. Like yeah. the, he, like he's he's giving like sometimes a defender even like a five or ten yard head start, and I mean he just burns at that sort of space in no time and and. Starts opening up, and I mean that that most defenders just end up giving up. Because even when I was watching when they were playing um, Real Madrid, when he went past uh, was it Carval? I mean that guy could not even catch up to him after that guy just gave up. Because I mean, look, Carval is somebody that came back from a hamstring and knee injuries, and that I don't even think you want to really risk your your, your health if you're going to try to catch up to him. So I think that that should be this like you know almost like a more Arsenal mode of, of, of play. And I mean, what's even better is like he, he is an Arsenal, like he, he does have interest in Arsenal itself as a club. Yeah, no, I, I think we need that kind of pace as well. It's a, it's a different type of pace to the likes of Saka. You know, Saka is more as that, that finesse and that, you know, that craft with, it, with his pace. But this but, guy, like, you know, he's not going to think twice to take you on if you see he has you beaten. Yeah, then, uh, yeah, go on. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, like, um, then we have another prospect of, of Joao Felix, you know, who's going quite, you know, on in the rumour mill at the moment. Yeah, with, with Joao Felix, I'm just concerned because, I mean, I just thought 
like I say, he had more goals to his, his game. Then I wouldn't have you know had an issue. But I mean, I, I've watched numerous games of Atletico this season, and more often than not, he's almost like he just drifts out of a game. And when he drifts out, it's almost like there's no way coming back into the game again. Like you know, like when you have a sort of character, say like back in the day with with Luis Suarez, and then you just know for fact, even if they're quiet, you can't really rest on your laurels. They're gonna he's gonna come at you again. But yeah. I think with Jao Felix, if you see him off that danger of that's it for him, really. But um, but do not also switch our attention to that Ndika news that I brought last week that I saw in various outlets. And that now they again say, I mean, I, I got the feeling also like it feels like also getting used in this whole thing because now he's almost like wanting to, or Frankfurt now wanting to offer him a, a contract extension, uh, yeah, or improved contract. And I think that is what he was probably playing at the whole time. I mean, that's just like a gut feeling. Yeah, no, it does seem much fishy. I mean, if 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 you so much want to join Arsenal, you know, even then you improved offer wouldn't you know kind of interest you? You know, like some players just say, nah, it's uh, I would like to leave at the end of the season. But like you said, you know, maybe he's comfortable there at the club. You know, and now he decides to squeeze a bit more more, more pounds or euros before you know maybe makes a move in uh, yeah. two to three years time in with, with high expensive move for Frankfurt. Because I just think it was now, you know, playing kind of chicken with the Frankfurt board, I think. And I think eventually the Frankfurt board eventually now, you know, you know, caved in. But I mean, look, everything is just in that sort of talking phase. So look, anything can still happen. Um, next point I'm going to bring up also is this ridiculous idea of FIFA of wanting to create now an expanded World Club Cup. I mean, look, we already have that every few seasons, you know, with the, <coughs> excuse me, with the champions of. North America, South America, Africa, uh, Asia, Australasia, uh, and Europe all meet and play each other over like a, like a weekend or over two weekends. They play the, the fixture, which already I find quite unnecessary. But another one is to do it like a, on an expanded level. Like, so it's not like you having a sort of, <clears throat> I want to say, yeah, if you think about it, really, it's like a sort of super league. You're going to try it in a. Or some yeah, because. Because how do you select your teams? You know, is it gonna? I mean, you know the the, the that international what's it? Um, Club World FIFA Club World Cup they do with all the winners of the various European trophies, uh, European the various kind of Champions League. It's each continent. I mean, isn't that enough for for the game? I mean, you're still getting the best champion out of out of um, the continent of the world. But now you're going to build another tournament. But what you're basing the team selection into it? I mean, you're going to have 32 teams. <coughs> but like, what what is your sele- selection criteria for these 32 teams? No, because I'm like just speaking now from somebody that that like look at us now. We heavily into the the English Premier League. I mean, your your players are there. I mean, it's the eight game season now. You expect them still to <clears throat> participate in a, a a huge tournament, which is now going to add now even more games to things. In a sort of like a World Cup tournament, then like for for clubs now, but I mean like when when do the players in rest? Because then you're gonna have to have again a a shorten this season, a shorten that season, expanded that season. It, it's gonna make it's, it's, it's just gonna cause havoc really with things. Just leave things, let let things be. Like you already saw how much chaos the the, the uh, World Cup in Qatar has made, like with both uh, club fixtures all all over. Yeah, I know. I I actually. Like feel that this World Cup, like at this time of the year, it's such a such a weird time. I mean, you you and I know I would always be, yeah, you know, in June. 
July, the players get a breeze, like a damn off, and you get to regroup. It was like now this you like have to go straight back in if the ground running. Yeah, and I mean <clears throat> it's just if you look at, at the sort of like a makeup of a uh professional footballer, a lot of them you hear they got like almost like that fibrous tears in the leg or in, in the muscle, I mean, or, or you know, the hamstrings are thinning out because of that, that constant like, you know, training, playing, training, playing, and then straight into f- full on full contact uh football. So I mean you're not gonna give people uh you know, really, a sort of breakdown of, of uh, like almost like a real summer break to just get the body heal completely and then prep again for the new season. Crazy. Yeah, I know. It is crazy. I think we forget these guys are human beings as yeah. well. So, now the final point that I want to bring up now is um, what's your thoughts now, you know, seeing out uh, December 2022 uh, and also your sort of mindset. Not that I want you to go too hard, like, you know, heavy into the fixtures now, but. More like mindset, like a theoretical mindset of the layout for, for January 2023 and also 2023 in general for Arsenal Football Club. Sure. Um, <laughs> we do a start. Yeah, I think it's, it's uh, coming back, it's important we hit the ground running. And, and within saying that, uh, it's important that we do make the correct signings now in the January transfer window. I think, you know, Arsenal are in a very fortunate and unfortunate situation whereby. You know, being top of the league after 14 games, after Christmas, you know, you you normally in a good momentum, you're on a high. We were on a high, and I think this break in between, you know, probably impacted Arsenal more than anyone. So I think it's important that we kind of carry the momentum over. We start strong, pick up the points against, you know, the first three games of West Ham, uh, Brighton and Newcastle. And then I think it's a definite that we have to, we have to, have to, have to, um, strengthen, you know, whether it's Mudrak we bring in, Mudrik we bring in, or, or, or some play in that mold, and maybe another guy who can help party and Xhaka carry a load. And then, you know, top four, you know, obviously um, a must in order for the club to move forward. But, you know, who knows what could happen if we win our first three to five games, you know, after coming back. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also my mindset. As I said, I mean, of course, people were <clears throat> like certain quarters, like, you know, co oping on about like Arsenal for me on in. And I mean, for me, it's still, I'm back into that, that, that mode that I was at the start of the season where for me, <clears throat> all focus is now on West Ham. Even though, yes, we're playing now Juventus and that, but I think it will be not just like, you know, just warming up the engine again. But I think the, the, the car really gets going once we take on and it whistle goes off at the Emirates for the Arsenal West Ham game. Which is not going to be an easy game by any feet, but to be pick up the result there, you know, confidence could be high. Yeah, and I think Arsenal need to also take advantage of. I think you also mentioned something of uh, United visiting us also at at some point in this uh, weeks in January, yeah. like that. And I think that is where we should also, you know, correct the wrongs of what happened at Old Trafford. See that we get the job done early, not like you know with the way we were falling around the, and and Arteta almost like made that. <coughs> excuse me panic substitution thing that end up being almost like a blotch in our record so far. Yeah. No, no, no. Let's just hope we can, can keep that one loss at one loss yeah. as long as possible. Yeah. So, guys, I hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Take care and enjoy the, the fixture this evening. I mean, it should be a cracker anyway. Bye. Cheers, guys. Have a good one.